Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know why I had an Epiphone today, my friend? Mm-hmm. As I was driving, well, yesterday I had to clandestinely pick up a a um, a very expensive box of Legos for a grown man, which I did because he requested that I do that for him for reasons which he had fabricated. So I found out, which is fine at this point. I did not. So I did, and I delivered his Legos to him. And, you lead an interesting life, right. sir. And so in, in doing so, I was... Uh, at one point, I found myself, um, because I do very well, purchasing a high-end ottoman, a wicker ottoman, from a place on the north shore of Massachusetts, somewhere near uh, Marblehead or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it said that I was only eight miles away from my friend who, my grown man friend who needed his Legos. Okay. So I drove uh, eight miles or 47 minutes to his house (laughs) because that part of Massachusetts, if people don't know, is very congested. Salem, Beverly, left, right, left, right, lots of lights and this and that. And... So we're up here. We're 30 miles away from all that stuff. Near uh, Amesbury, Newburyport, Newbury, Georgetown, Byfield area. Mm-hmm. Which if you're, which is kind of the boondocks, at least the northernmost point of Massachusetts. So it's, it's a bizarre area that you really wouldn't know much about. Unless, We've never heard of most of the no. towns up here before right. we moved here. Exactly. It, it would be absurd to move here because it's so far away from everything. But now I think we're glad we did. So... So anyway, today it occurred to me, I dropped my daughter off at play practice mm-hmm. and it occurred to me why this town is so great. The town wow. we're in right now, 
You know why? In Melrose, Massachusetts, if you drive down Main Street in Melrose, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. in the middle of town, there are 146 traffic lights in a row. True. Our town, Alice. Has one. No. Has essentially none. There is no timed traffic light in this town. The only light there is, is one for pedestrians. If they press a button, then you'll get a red light for a second so they can cross. There's no traffic light. And there's the one outside our house, which also, it's not just pedestrians. Oh, yeah, I guess The cross so, street has, I don't think it's on a timer, but if somebody comes in from the cross street, <coughs> it goes red. Right. But, but I don't think it goes, I don't think it turns red on a, I, it doesn't turn red on yeah. So, and that's remarkable. It's so nice to not have to worry about, I drove for miles today without worrying about traffic. <laughs> no lights, no stop signs, just going. It is such a subtle, but but really profoundly existent uh, stress source mm-hmm. to have to worry about light. To know in your mind, oh, I have this light, then that 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 light. Oh, it's an awful thing. So anyway, I was, I'm pleased to be free of that light and all that stuff and everything else that is going on. Actually, in general, I mean, I I notice it when I go down to Boston for some reason. It's like I I can feel the stress of city driving coming mm-hmm. back over me of like waiting in traffic and being behind people and being stuck and knowing the place that you need to go is really close by and that you're just waiting to move so that you can go there. Like, all those feelings, like, that's a stress that I don't have now. And when I drive back into an urban environment, I feel it come back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what that felt like. I don't have that feeling anymore because that is absolutely the worst. It is. Oh, totally. And we, I mean, we both used to spend hours driving. And and now, like, you know, we only, we hop places or we go on, like, actual (laughs) road trips where we're highway driving most of it. (laughs) I mean, that drive to Hartford is a breeze. Oh, yeah. Until you're, like, down there, like, right into it. You know, oh, then, yeah, then, yeah, it, yeah. then it's a bunch of lights. But even the, some some of the Connecticut countryside driving is lovely. All right. So this is a terrible administration. It's not good at this at all. And they seem to find more things to do wrong. Today, Biden is out about guns. And just his just his delivery here. This is this is most of this is an old Biden talking point that he thinks is very clever. But just his delivery here, it's just so crappy, salty, uh, grumpy, and cynical. It's a perfect example of where we are in this administration. Out of ideas, cynical, <coughs> um, and oversensitive now at this point. Here's Biden on guns. Some of this will ring familiar to you because he goes back to it again and again and again and again. He thinks it's very clever. And I know it's controversial, but I got it done once. Ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He's got a scowl on his face, by the way. He's looking around. The one time he needs his Ray-Bans, but doesn't have them on. So his tiny slits are showing. (laughs) Um, Generally, when you've got an old chiseled Democrat saying ban assault weapons, they've run out of stuff. So this is just kind of... Well, yeah, this is another it's time to cancel student loan debt idea that it's just a stupid... This, this is flailing, all of this. Right, right. I was getting 
criticized when I first passed this law when I was a senator. And guess what? I was down in southern Delaware doing a lot of hunting and fishing down there. And I was walking up one of the creek beds. And the guy standing there said, you want to take my gun? I said, I don't take your gun. So you're telling me I can't have more than X number of bullets in us. So, so far, what's notable about the story? <laughs> None of this happened? Correct. There was no crick bed. There was no fella standing there. You want to take my gun? Was he just... Does he really expect us to believe that he just wandered crick beds in Delaware? Yeah, he was down there hunting and fishing because he absolutely believes in the Second Amendment in a sensible way. So back to the crick bed. <laughs> And the guy standing there said, you want to take my gun? I said, I don't take your gun. He said, well, you're telling me I can't have more than X number of bullets in, a, in, 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 a, in my gun. And I said, what do you think the deer you're hunting or wear Kevlar vest? What the hell do you need 20 bullets for? You must be a hell of a terrible shot. <laughs> I'm serious. Think about it. Think about the mass shootings. <laughs> you must be a terrible shot. I'm serious. Think about it. Yeah. Okay, means- then what happened, Biden, in this very true story after you told him he must be a terrible shot? How did that go then? Right. Well, but this is this is so problematic because if he thinks it's profound, that means he's a stupid, which is fine. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's just simply his attempt to gaslight and miscast um, gun rights as hunting rights. Well, yeah, which, I also think which that it is not. This is he's told. I don't know. I I don't know if I've heard the crick bed before, but no. the deer in the Kevlar vest yes, thing. I've that. heard him say a thousand yes. times. So I think and it's just part of this is just like his brain is still in 1992, like recycling little bits of stuff that's remaining there, and it just keeps coming out. And you know his same jokes and one-liners from back in the day that he thought were good then. And that's like all he has because he doesn't have any new original thoughts. So it's just the same stuff that he uses. It's like muscle memory at this point. Right. But He's just it, going through the motions of doing his gun control shtick. <coughs> Sorry, I still have my consumption, whatever it is. And the thing about it, obviously, is... It's meant to appeal to a really stupid part of his base, not do anything more, which is why this whole thing is unserious, because obviously the Second Amendment is not about crick beds and hunting deer. No, it's not. It's about making sure that jerks like Joe Biden can't ruin your life. It's about making sure that you don't get locked in your apartment building and have a drone yell at you for (laughs) wishing to enjoy your freedoms. Right. And... Make sure that somebody like Putin doesn't come and right. start destroying your country in front of your eyes. I, that's really, I mean, they started right. handing out the machine guns in Ukraine this second. As a matter of fact, I believe that this country, he just bragged about giving them shotguns and machine guns. He also did the, when the Second Amendment was written, you couldn't have a cannon line, mm-hmm. which is not true you absolutely could have a cannon you can still have a cannon that's totally allowed and um that's another one that he goes to all the time that's just a total made-up talking point but uh, whatever it's but it's the whole thing is so dumb they're they're unwilling obviously to do any of the things that would actually reduce gun violence a lot of which involves proactive policing mm-hmm. and a lot of which involves not letting 
psychotic criminals out on bail constantly to go kill more people like that and that's their mo on crime so all of this is like a huge cope for the fact that they have no answers for the crime problems and he also says think about it think about the mass shootings i think by definition most shootings are done with handguns and mass shootings as well of course, but it doesn't matter to Democrats. Right. Democrats in the year that Mara Healy uh, banned assault weapons, not even assault weapons, because weapons that, that look like assault weapons, weapons that look like assault right. weapons overnight. She redefined assault weapons in the law overnight in Massachusetts. The year that that happened, there had been zero deaths from an assault weapon or a other non handgun. Zero. Like it, it, it's a non thing. It's not a serious threat. It's not a serious risk. Mass shootings can absolutely be committed with handguns too. Uh, in fact, like the Virginia Tech one, which was a very deadly mass shooting, was done with a handgun. But the, you know, it just so happens that ARs in particular are a very, very popular gun because right. they're good. So you know, you can say that like, oh, look, all these mass shootings are done with. With ARs, but that, that's only because a lot of people have them because they're incredibly popular. All right, what is going on here, what, fellows? What's up? Uh, I don't know. Uh, why is this person? Why okay. is it? Do here? you need me to come with him? Okay. Where's I'll go. what's where's, right. where's where's everybody going? Sure, what do you... Where's he going? Sure, what do you need? Oh, did it? Okay. Okay. I I mean, you can't you say it? No. No. Okay. But it's for a reason we cannot say. Anyway, this gives me a chance to play this audio of Amy Wax with Tucker, which I, the last time I heard Amy Wax, she's a professor, um, and she talks a lot about race. And I heard her with Glenn Lowry, who I love, as you know, from the yesterday's show. But this uh, this cut with Tucker is very is very controversial, and let's listen to it now. It has you know, a freaking is equal or system. better than our country. <laughs> Literally. And you're telling us how awful we are. Well, what's the explanation for that? China's an ethno state, by the way, which of no course. one ever says. It's about the Han Chinese, and if you're not, that's that's the problem with the Uyghurs. That's their religion. They're not Han Chinese. Whatever. I'm not even judging. I'm just saying people from there have no right to judge the United States. But they they very much feel that they do. And so take you know the Brahmin women who come from India, and they climb the ladder. They get the best education. We give them every opportunity. And they turn around and lead the charge on, on we're, we're racist, we're an awful country, we need reform, our medical system needs reform. Well, here's the problem. They're taught that they are better than everybody else because they are Brahmin elites. And yet, on some level, their country is a hole. excuse my language. No, it's, yeah. Okay, it, it's not providing them with the opportunities that they feel that they deserve and which in many cases they, they do deserve. They come here and they see that we have this wonderful developed scientific and medical establishment, which they haven't managed to create. Uh, She's talking about Brahmins from other countries like India and China come here and criticize us. uh, They realize that, you know, we've outgunned and outclassed them in practically every way. And what do they feel? Well, they're very proud people. They're a shame culture. And they feel anger, they feel envy, they feel shame. I think the role of of envy and shame in the way that the third world regards the first world is underestimated. I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. It's never talked about. No, and you've been um, 
really penalized for talking about it. And it so, creates ingratitude of the most monstrous kind. I feel like asking some of these people, like, why did you leave your country? Why are you here? Um, I have am, you asked that? Uh, well, it would be considered not just a microaggression, Tucker. It would be considered a macroaggression. You don't ask people that sort of thing. Why? Well, I, I mean, mean I would. If you're born I here, would, you have absolutely <laughs> a right to say, you know, I think most Americans have complicated feelings about immigration. I'm speaking for myself, but like you, my best friend's an immigrant who I godfather my first child. I mean, I really love, there are a lot of impressive, immigrants much more impressive than I am. And I think everyone's for that. But part of the deal is, you know, you don't show up in someone else's country and like start attacking them, right? I mean, that's just bad manners. Why can't you say that? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very valid point. And I'm not I'm not talking about all immigrants. No, I, I get think it. No, I think, I think I, what I'm amazed at is, you know, how some of the people in the leadership class behave and how they get away with it and how no one well, really calls it, them. That's on. what it that's what it is. And it does feel like, yeah, because I mean, I know. Uh, yeah. I know an awful lot of the kind of people you're talking about and like all the ones I know like love America, you know, more than many Americans do, including my best friend, who's like the most patriotic person I've ever met. But so um, so th there's a, a hubbub about that. That's uh, Amy Wax, who said some very fiery things. Yes. Saying these people come from bleephole countries and the Brahmin class and talk down about America, which I think probably is a, an element of truth. There is that. There's also Brahmins who talk well about America. I don't see this as being the most explosive thing in the world that she said it. I think that 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 I think there are such things as bleephole countries, and I think it's fine. I think Trump was fine to say it. There are, and that's why people try to get out of those countries and come to this country because mm -hmm. they don't like living in there. So I'm not going to be that um, exercised about this. I'm sorry, but on the other um, on the side of like how low some people have sunk. Listen to this. This is um, Lauren Boebert says, I'm a mother of four boys. The far left seriously needs to cut this grooming bull crap out because us parents have seriously had enough. <clears throat> mm -hmm. To which Bill Clinton, Bill Crystal, sorry, replied, retweeted her, quote tweeted her. In January 2004, when Jason Boebert was 24, he was arrested for exposing himself to two young women at a bowling alley. His future wife, Lauren Roberts, 17, was also there. Bobert pled guilty to public indecency and lewd exposure and spent four days in jail and two years on probation. What's your take on this tweet? Um... I don't know. I don't know enough about the Bobert thing to know. I don't care about the Bobert thing or the husband, mm -hmm. but Bill Crystal, really? This is what you are now? This is what you are now? In 2004, her husband, when he was a much younger, 24 years old, exposed himself to some chicks. Ha ha. It's like, this guy used to be a conservative thinker. And now he's just like dealing and he's, he's, he's doing what Andrew Krasinski does for a living. He's gone and found and Googled the hell out of Bobert and her husband and gets to use it on Twitter it's like so like filthy for him I'm just like come on man I used to love that guy yeah no that part's true for sure because he was like an intellectual and that's not really 
what that is. But I mean, I guess he's <coughs> lost a lot of his audience. You know. Yes, I would say that's true. All right. Now it's the big news today. The big breaking news just happened a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, Philadelphia reimposing its indoor mask mandate. On April 18th, the city's health commissioner announced on Monday, first major city to put its mandate back in effect in response to rising COVID cases linked to the highly transmissible Omicron BA2 subvariant. Masks will be required in all public indoor places. <clears throat> Uh, Health Commissioner Dr. Cheryl Bettergold uh, said the city will give businesses a, quote, one-week education period before the mandate starts being enforced next week. Are people really going to do this again? Philadelphia went into a higher tier for its COVID-19 response Monday in light of higher COVID-19 cases, which triggered the mask mandate going from its all-clear level, meaning there are less than 100 new cases per day on average, to the mask precautions level. Benajol stressed during a briefing that there isn't, quote, any reason to panic and residents should still go about their normal activities, but said the mask mandate <coughs> was being reimposed as a cautionary measure to, quote, get ahead of the pandemic before hospitalizations can rise. These quotes are great. The health commissioner said she, quote, suspects the current COVID-19 surge will be, quote, smaller than the initial Omicron variant wave over the winter, but said, if we wait, this is another quote, if we wait to find out and put our masks back on, we will have lost our chance to stop the wave. Oh, the, right. I forgot about how masks stop waves. Yes, they stop the waves. wave. She says, here's the crucial quote. If we mask up now and find that hospitalizations don't increase in the U.S. in response to this variant, then great. We can take our masks off with a sense of relief. She said, <laughs> But if we fail to act now, knowing that every previous wave of infections has been followed by a wave of hospitalizations and then a wave of deaths, it will be too late for many of our residents. <coughs> so the, even though in the last all the other waves when we were masked in Philadelphia, it was followed by hospitalizations and deaths and because death. it doesn't care because the masks don't work. And so at what point do you say this moron doesn't get to make first of all? Why is the city's health commissioner making this rule? Is she elected? Don't they elect a mayor in Philadelphia? Yeah, I would think And where so. is the mayor? Why does this tyrant get to do? I mean, it seems to me this is a... And you guys in Philly, you guys riot at the drop of a hat. <laughs> <coughs> uh, I don't think that this one's going to be riot worthy. I, I mean, like, I just can't imagine, like, who's really going to go into businesses now and, like, put their mask back on. Well, I mean, she's the health commissioner. She's decided with dictate that it's going to happen. You have to do it. You have a one-week education period. But, like, who even has time as a business to keep up with masks being required or not required? But also, Alice, one plus two does not equal 11. This makes no goddamn sense. This is right. somebody demanding that everybody pull this synchronized performance again that does nothing good, but probably does a lot bad. It's right. just unacceptable. Including things that liberals don't like, like harm the environment and make choke sea turtles or whatever it is that masks do. And the, I, the whole thing I mean, is so absurd. I, I can't imagine at this point in time who's putting a mask back on. I, 
like I can't get into the psychology of somebody who's doing that. There's been a few times recently where I've been at like big indoor events and like 95% of the people are not wearing masks. And then there's like, there'll be like that one guy who's in a mask and you're just thinking like, what, what do you think it's doing exactly? Right. And typically it's like a cloth mask or it's like a guy with a beard so that N95 doesn't fit properly anyway. Or And you just wonder, like, what are people thinking? Like, what possesses you to go into a place and be the one person who's wearing a mask? Like, they've said it's safe now. Well, well, here's the thing. If, if she's a health person, one health commissioner who's made this decision, you don't think that there will be other health commissioners saying in Massachusetts and Connecticut and... Yeah, in and actually, I was so, peeking uh-huh. at the wastewater data. Remember, two-year-olds in New York City still have to have masks on. Insanity. It's to- it's just, it's so absurd. And I was peeking at the Massachusetts are, wastewater data, and it are, is like ticking up. I bet you they're going to do it here again, You don't think too. there are terrible softball coaches just waiting? Oh, here we go again. Yep. Okay, guys. See? I'm the kind of person who does what the public health experts ask. You see, girls, put the masks back on. Sick. People are sick. And I like to... I, I hope... I, part of me hopes that this is not just that this public health person is insane. Although it could be. <laughs> it could be. I, I, I Like, is there a believable, craven, but pragmatic reason? Is there a political reason? Maybe it's this. Maybe that they see that if for certain parts of Philly, <clears throat> the political situation is not great for a lot of people. And they say, okay, what we can do is pretend that my mask initiative... Is saving lives. Right. So that way she can run for something else, brand build. I mean, by, at this point, they've been using this thing for earned media for two years. So it's easy. You know, it's not as if it's a, you have to do a gut check before you ratchet on the masks again. Well, yeah, I think that's true. I think also, um, I mean, I think this falls under the category of the political flailing again a little bit that... Like, yeah, it's earned media. It lets you go out there and, like, make an announcement. It lets you be important. It lets you have this stuff going on. I think a lot of these people who were on TV at the beginning of the pandemic got a ton of great media coverage from it, including, like, Cuomo and Baker and, like, a bunch of these people, right? And and Fauci, obviously. So there's certainly a sense that this has been good for them PR-wise. And, like, at this moment in time where it's looking more and more like Democrats are going to be completely destroyed this year in elections, that, that you know, that they're doing anything to stay relevant and seem important and, like, they're doing stuff. You know, like, disasters are always kind of good for the incumbent because, you know, they get to, like, be in charge and sure, walking yeah. around and you know handling the emergency Absolutely. it like makes them look good so yep. unfortunately in this case this is a fabricated disaster and people are sick of the solution to it so i don't know that it's going to help them in this case I and i think, think at this point too it's funny somebody said to me recently they were like i don't get like why they're going back on some of these things and and getting you know, letting the mandates drop in some of these places or whatever, like, because if their base likes mandates, then like, and likes masks, then why wouldn't they still want to do it? But I think there's this weird phenomenon that happens where people are over masks and they don't like them. So they're going to retroactively 
pretend that they were against masks the whole time and they'll believe it. Hmm. Like when it turns out wearing masks for all this time damage kids like speech and language development when it turns out that like the impact of making them breathe plastic 40 hours a week turns out not to be good for them all this stuff when it turns out that masks are an environmental disaster when it turns out that they've contributed to climate change all these people are going to believe truly that they were not the people who were for masks even though that they, even though they were you know what i mean it's like the gay marriage thing too like liz warren believes that as a republican in the 90s she was for gay marriage which was a more progressive opinion than like the democratic party of 20 years later do you know what i mean like but but the, but like just like joe biden believes that his dad was for gay marriage like in the 50s or whatever right like but i think they really think that because once it turns out that the popular opinion on something has shifted over time everybody believes that they were for it all along you know they can't imagine themselves in the past and believing what they believed back then everybody was just backwards and terrible then right so by the way pennsylvania governor uh democratic nominee josh shapiro was just asked about the decision he called the decision counterproductive um, a great <laughs> Tom Erickson says keeping the mask mandate for planes and I'll add in Pennsylvania as well but ending title 42 would be so on point for the Biden administration <laughs> which is absolutely true um, wow but the White House is planning on extending the airplane mask mandate another month, even as they open the borders to everyone because they're claiming COVID is no longer a threat. <laughs> it's freaking incredible. It's freaking incredible. I mean, so, it, I can't imagine any of this is going to help them electorally. Like, is any part I, of this going to be so. This is insanity. These are not, they have titles and they get to go in parts of marble buildings where we can't go in. And they wear nice suits and they have security. But these are fools. These are dumbasses. These are the dumbest people at any given rest area at any moment. These are dumb dumbs. So this is crazy. That said, if that health person, I know nothing about her, but if she ties the mask mandate, mm -hmm. much like was done with half the COVID um, regulations, if she ties it in to an activist cause, if she can show a correlation between this um the need for masks in equity then that can be overlaid on every democratic city right i mean i think they do they'll say like this is about protecting the vulnerable and well then it has know, to happen in bridgeport dis connecticut disabled and, and people and, and people of color are more impacted by this than others right. and you know <clears throat> that it's selfish for you to want to <clears throat> breathe oxygen because you know somebody somewhere do you think this spreads from philly um, yeah, I think so. And I was just when the, when you sent this, I peeked at the Massachusetts COVID wastewater data, which is a really good way of telling what the future is going to bring. And because COVID wastewater levels spike before even, people even know that they're infected. And certainly now where I think I, pretty much everybody I know of got either Delta or Omicron in the last like three months in Massachusetts. Like, I don't know anyone who hasn't gotten COVID since like November. It's been like everybody literally. And I, I don't, 
I don't think I think that the virus levels might rise, mm-hmm. but I don't think people are going to get that sick because everybody's like vaccinated and had COVID a bajillion times now. There's nothing. Right. There's nobody left to get it, unlike China, where there are people left to get it. But you know, th- so the COVID wastewater levels are starting to tick up. They're still like very low compared to where they were in the Omicron wave, but. You know, I think we are going to start to see some positive cases here and stuff. Certainly, I think like in the South, as people go outside, like I think we're going to do the Florida, Arizona, Texas thing again. We're going to play this game where their levels are going to go up and people are going to kick and scream and call DeSantis Death Santis and say that well, he's but, killing but people. But as far as the workflow of the health commissioner in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. does this not now um, almost mandate the re-ratcheting of masks for any comparable reason? Certainly for flu season, you would have to. Oh, yeah, of course, for flu season. If we have an RSV Mm -hmm. spike, why not? Wouldn't you want to protect vulnerable babies from RSV? Right. It's way more impactful than COVID for kids. Uh, Yeah, certainly it's going to be everywhere. I also don't think that this is going to be the last disease we're going to see. I mean, obviously, we had original SARS, we had MERS, we had a bunch of these in the past, and they could be either worse or not as bad as this one. You know, we had swine flu, we had all these things. But with the exception of the swine flu for about a week, none of these ever make it into the A block, or never historically made it into the A block of any television news show. Because we're America, we don't get this stuff. The swine flu was a bit of a thing, yeah. Well, a bit for, of a thing, right. But, yeah. but, but, but we're America, we don't get this. We don't get bird flus where we have to wear masks. We don't, it's, just like, it's not our thing. You but know? don't you think this what, is going to be what, the... That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Yeah. What I'm saying is now we've sensitized ourselves. Right. So that we've got a new threshold. So now everything's a new crisis. Oh my goodness. What do we do when we have something that we don't understand? Well, we put on masks. Doesn't out of an abundance of caution, <coughs> everything's going to be out of an abundance of caution from now on, right? And then some people are going to see you and I say that's stupid, and but they're going to say, Wait a second, I mean, is it a big sacrifice if it could just help like one person? It's just maybe? a little piece of cloth, help don't one be person. such a baby, yeah. So, there we go. All right, Alice, you wanted to talk about my buddy, um, my buddy. Oh, did I did I move my buddy? Is it Joy? No. Oh, I do have Joy. We can talk about Joy here. Here you go. Just going to say this. Joy Reid. If y'all don't mind. I am so sick of right-wing men coming into my mentions and asking me stupid basic biology questions like, what is a woman and are babies valuable? I have given birth to not one, not two, but three full humans and raised them the help of my husband. I am a mother, but I'm not your mother. If you need answers to basic biological questions, you need to Google it or ask your mama. Again, I'm a mother, but I'm not your mother. Stay out of my mentions. Be blessed. So first of all, beyond the obvious just insanity of recording that TikTok of yourself alone in a room, Mm. can't you just picture her like Sitting in a room in her house, mm-hmm. like recording that to yell at everybody. Yeah. Um, which is the behavior of a psychotic person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should bother with that. Um, the issue 
with people asking you what is a woman in your mentions isn't that they don't know what a woman is. The issue is that you don't seem to know what a woman is and that you're playing dumb. So the fact that she's going on this tirade telling people to Google basic biology, like she's not the one who needs to Google some basic biology, is so absurd. And it's obviously getting to her because they don't know how to answer this question. Is no, that kind no, of telling? The question can't be answered. You have to dance around it. <laughs> they, so, and like, now the fact that people keep asking her what a woman is and she doesn't know what to say in response has so gotten to her that she's recording videos of herself yelling at everybody about how many children she has, like a crazy person. Right. So... I mean, I think that's like pretty revealing about the left in general, that you can just say, what is a woman and have them completely go into insane yeah. lashing it's out a, at you it's an, mode. It's an iron dome for psychotics. Yeah, they're, she's like lost. She's lost. I can't. I can't imagine like what kind of Twitter experience I would have to be having of people saying mean things to me that would make me record a video yelling at them in that like weird oversensitive way. <clears throat> Can you imagine? I am not your mama. Be blessed. It, you know, if there's any thought that maybe this person is mostly attitude and <laughs> leastly brain cells, I think that does it. Which brings me to my pal, Alice, Ray Skyer. Teacher at the Brooks School. We didn't play this last night, right? Mm -hmm, Here's my buddy Ray. Give me a second. It's going to take a second to open up. All right. So something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. So we touched a little bit about that at the beginning of this week uh, in the book that Miss Hammond read. But I'm going to give you my... They're circling back, back around. They've discussed mm -hmm. this already once. These are He's talking to six-year-olds. By the way, if he does say so himself... One of the things that's really cool and unique about me. <laughs> One of the things. My explanation about what it means to be transgender as well. So when babies are born, the doctor looks at them and they make a guess about whether the baby is a boy or a girl. That's in medical school, I think, right? <laughs> you just guess randomly. I remember when we had our kids, it was like she looked around and said, anybody? Anybody? What are you thinking, boy, you. girl? Let's spitball here, guys. I need ideas. There's no dumb idea. No dumb idea. No way to tell. Based on what they look like. And most of the time, that guess is 100% correct. There are no issues whatsoever. Um, and, but sometimes the doctor is wrong. The doctor makes an incorrect guess. Um, when the doctor makes a correct guess, that's when... Correct guess. <laughs> no, you know what? To. Guess again, Doc. <laughs> I love, too, that they couch it in this like medical expertise thing. That it's like... Oh, well, like, doctors go to medical school, so they're able to do this kind of guess, as though everybody can't look at a naked baby and tell whether it's a boy or a girl. There's it no requires to... no special training. There's no way to tell. A person is called cisgender. When a doctor's guess is wrong, that's when they are transgender. So, <coughs> I'm a man. By the way, if the doctor's guess is right, that's called cisgender, or uninteresting. When the doctor's guess is wrong... That's called transgender gender, or me, who, as I've already told you, am very interesting. Imagine, Which by the way, plays to the psychosis of what's happening. Imagine, by the way, if anything that leftists were into as quote science had the kind of scientific uh, track record <clears throat> as like how good doctors are at guessing 
randomly guessing gender of babies. I mean, they're right. Uh, I would say a, a much higher percent of the time than I would say the percent of time is that like masks work. For well, example, I think that, you know, the left is really big on claiming that totally ambiguous up in the air, not scientifically backed things are science and settled and you absolutely have to believe mm -hmm. them or you're some troglodyte. And then they take stuff that works 99.9% .9 of the time to absolutely determine what gender somebody is and act like that's like unknowable and a complete mystery that's like not able to be the depths of this huge mystery are unable to be plumbed by the human mind. They can't understand you know, where it, gender comes from at all. It's not to get mired in a, in a more a darker topic, but the ability to just decree that thing A is now thing B is also done, as Ralph Northam talked about, in cases of extreme late-term abortion. Oh, of course. Not a person. Just a Was fetus. a person last week. Had a name. Painted the room. This week, not a person. Just a, just a, a, uh, an op just a operation. Just a, you know, procedure. Ding! That's that easy. See? Clump of cells. That's right. But when I was a baby, the doctors told my parents. By the way, this guy is uh, this guy is a girl, right. biologically. Mm -hmm. But he's taken a bunch of stuff, and he's got uh, five o'clock shadow, and better than mine, which I resent. But parents, I was a girl, and so my parents gave me a name that girls typically have, and bought me clothes that girls typically wear. Um, and until I was eighteen years old. Everyone thought I was a girl, and this was super, super uncomfortable for me because I knew that wasn't right. Um, the way I like to describe it is like wearing a super itchy. But it was right. Of course, it was right. Right. Maybe the trappings of being girl and whatever are uncomfortable, and maybe this person. Or maybe you're uncomfortable because you have deep, horrible mental problems which is obviously sad and is something that you should seek treatment for but it's not everybody else's problem right and and right and, and we don't take six-year-olds cheese sweater um the longer you wear it the itchier it gets and the only way to make the itching stop is to have everyone see and know the person that you really are so when I was 18, I told my family and my friends that I'm really a boy, and it was like this huge weight had been lifted off of my shoulders, and I had the freedom to be who I truly am. And even though this experience is super challenging sometimes, um, I am su it made me the person I am, and I'm super proud to be trans. So, but remember once again, talking to six-year-olds, and remember... All right, so something that's really cool and unique about who I am is that I am transgender. If you're a little kid listening, don't you want to be cool and unique too? Of course. Because it's all positive and great. Want to be cool and unique? I want to be cool and unique. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I, I don't know this dude's problem or this lady's problem or whatever. You know, I think probably because she is a uh, woman uh, and women tend not to sexually assault children. That this person is probably not a uh, an actual groomer. Yeah, I've had that same thought because, like, for example, there was one time I was on, like, a, 
nanny group and somebody was like advertising their services as a mm. nanny and it was like a trans guy and first i saw the ad and it, like thought it was a guy and i'm like who hires a guy as a nanny like who would do right. seems inadvisable to me i don't know and then i read further down and they talked about how they were trans and i was like oh then that's okay because it's really a check they're probably right. not like that said i have and i find it delicious that the right Groomer is the right's version of the word racist, and the left hates mm -hmm. being called it. And f you, how's it feel? Okay, deal with it. You have to unravel. Um, well, right, and now we're all being treated to a million think pieces about how how it's dangerous mean. it is wow. that right wingers are calling wow. people racist nope. pedophiles. It's, it's and, the left's own medicine. And I it's welcome. actually just QAnon. It's all QAnon. Just, Calling anybody uh, a pedophile, even pedophiles, is now just QAnon. It's everything's QAnon. All right. So before, but like I. I question truly that teacher like honestly i don't know any of the personal life details of any of my teachers until probably high school i couldn't have told right. you if they were gay straight married unless they had like other kids at the school then i right. knew that they had a family but that was like the only way i would have even known that i just didn't they didn't volunteer things about themselves in their home maybe they would have like a picture on their desk of their family or something no maybe most of them like... have to try to get knowledge into dummies right, and that so takes up enough time they're busy they're just telling you so i couldn't tell you any like any of my elementary school right. or even but in this middle case, school you've got activists who have a captive audience and so they're using them in and also they're getting positive reinforcement about themselves so you can feel special and unique now, would you like to use the example that I stole from you this morning and used as my own uh, on the radio show? Would you like to reclaim it? Is this about the Dr. Seuss book? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, obviously the left is all upset about this, that they're saying that these things that uh, the right is saying they can't teach to little kids, uh, that removing that from the school curriculum is banning books, quote, unquote. And they're really big on this. You know, there was this whole thing, this, you know, the Holocaust comic book was mm -hmm. taken out of a curriculum and everybody was like, oh, see, they're banning books. Well, we got told for a really long time by the left that them removing books, beloved children's books from our lives was absolutely not banning books. Like when people said that there was a bunch of, Dr. Seuss books being banned. Um, what is it? What? How do you spell ocean? O c e a n. O c e o c e a n. It's it's <laughs> it is a trickier one to spell. He needed that information immediately. <laughs> Are you on uh, Wheel of Fortune or something? <laughs> Should we know? Is this a high-stakes Scrabble game? Uh, I think it's about in uh, Roblox. There's a game called Adopt Me, and you get eggs. Oh. And there's a type of egg called an ocean egg. Oh, so, good. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I think that's probably about. But um, anyway, we were told that the Dr. Seuss books that they removed from publishing so that they can no longer be published anymore. And I was just looking. It's now been like... I don't know, a year or something since all that happened with the Dr. Seuss books. And they're still like the cheapest you can find the worst condition used one is like 60 to $100 on used bookstore sites because nobody's allowed to print these books anymore. It's wild. That's 
actually banning a book, I believe. And they told us that, the, no, a publisher just decided to stop publishing something. Happens all the time. It's not banning. That's just normal. You can get it anyway. It's not a big deal. And yet, then when people say, these books can absolutely exist. They can be in libraries. You can print them all day. Go to town. Read them to your own five-year-old. Have a good time. Then they turn around and say, you're banning the book because you won't teach it to your kid like that's wild to me that's an incredible double standard right is that they're if they can't come to you and teach your kid about their gender identity that you somehow banned them or silenced their free speech even though they're allowed to do whatever they want. Meanwhile, like, how do you think it would go if I were a teacher mm -hmm. and I started to teach, like, the story of Easter and how, like, Christ died to save people from death and that they needed to all, you know, that right. that would be an outrage immediately. <laughs> and rightfully so, because we all have different ideas of how we want our kids to be taught about certain things. And these trans beliefs really are a religious belief. Taking it out of the curriculum, saying you can't teach it to kids, doesn't mean it's been banned. It doesn't mean well, you've Alice, been silenced. In this, in this case, in this case, they would probably say it's not in the curriculum, just like CRT. And it might not be, but uh, what's his name? Sam Ryan or whatever his name is, the very special and unique teacher, Yeah, brings it up. As his favorite thing to talk about in the class. Right. And I think, and and that's part of why I think that even these laws like Ron DeSantis is doing, that they, they can't ultimately be that effective. Because yeah. the problem is, the problem is not like the curriculum that's being determined. Even though I think in some of these schools they are teaching it as pieces of curriculum. Yeah. But, um, but I, like that only goes so far if your kid's being taught by this lunatic. Right? Like... Of course. The law can't do right. that You've much. You've got to dissuade these people and, from thinking that and, this is... But, but it, the rot goes so deep. Like, all the administrators believe this junk. Right. They're hiring people who believe this junk well, the board, to stand in your yeah. in a classroom with your kid for eight hours in the day. How can that not cause this problem? How well, can you've not? got complicit like, parents who to... are thrilled to be at... Um, at uh, Drag queen story yes, hour. Yes, with yeah. their kids sitting at crisscross applesauce. Saying, look, and look how good we're being. Look how tolerant we're being. We're being really great. We're being excellent. What? You need I was you finishing my point. <sighs> you interrupted me, so I couldn't finish my point, which I was getting to, which the is why this is a controversial topic in our house and why I, like, honestly, I can't. I I don't know if the public school experience can be salvaged at this point. Like they I want to go don't. back to public schools. I know that they do. I know that they do. But I like, uh, uh, but the people that live around us here believe in that. They do. Yeah. They want that taught in the schools to their kids. Right, and the people who that we could elect to the school committee who don't believe in that won't get elected because they don't. They disagree. You know, I I don't see where the uh, I like. Do you want your kids in a classroom with that person, eight hours a day, five days a week for the entire school year? Uh, no. Because they're going to be. Well, like I just I don't. 
and and like if they are then what then you just pull that one kid who gets that teacher that year out of school like for that day who doesn't end up with the old lady teacher i don't know but they're all retiring i mean that's why it's insidious bullying the same way with the girls softball team and the masking you know it's that you don't get to be part of the group Unless you do this thing. Right. And I like, I honestly feel, I mean, maybe if we lived somewhere different, I would feel better about sending the kids back to school. But here I just don't because I like can't, I I mean, frankly, like I don't like a lot of these people anymore. And I see my worldview as being so opposed to theirs and their worldview as being so toxic that I just like don't want it around my kids like I don't want my kids spending time with those people's kids the type of people that are doing the masks on their kids all day and love it or the type of people that are you know pushing this junk on kids and like love the transgender stuff with children and the love children signing a whiteness compact that they're going to reject their whiteness and all this stuff like i i i i find it to be so destructive to the normal fabric of human society that i like really have a hard time picturing how i can and like maybe that maybe i've like gotten too political or something and like let it color my vision of other people but i like i i have a hard time i I have a hard time picturing how how i go back to normal with this group of people who did this to everyone's lives i understand but i also you know just as i was dropping off uh your daughter at her play practice Mm -hmm. where she's with like-minded people i assume just like that (laughs) i would think so um she was mentioning that she wanted to go back to school i know she's been telling me that too i mean but But you're the one who doesn't want her on the softball team either that's about that's about unlearning softball skills that's a little bit different but can we revisit that tomorrow because you have to go pick up your d-o-t-t-e-r okay thank you so much everybody for listening if you have advice of what to do about the kids in school and living in a crazy blue state let us know you can find us on twitter at burn barrel pod you can email us burn barrel podcast at gmail.com or uh, facebook.com slash burn barrel podcast you can also find us at burn barrel podcast.com there's the links to all the different places you can listen we're also on youtube on rumble everywhere you listen to podcasts hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.